This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state, letting you know about events that make Mississippi great. Today we'll start this road trip off with with gold, the 2017 Special Olympics Gala. We'll stop by and learn about all about Jackson, Mississippi's bicentennial community photo screening, and then we'll head to Ocean Springs for the 39th Peter Anderson Arts and Crafts Festival. We'll end today's show with musical guest and husband and wife duo Heart Society. So buckle up because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. We'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of Mississippi Today, joined by Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. It's great to be on air with you this morning. Hope everybody's off to a great Friday. Kamel, good to see you. I know you've been very busy this week. Oh, my God. It, it has been great work. Uh, just came back from Meridian yesterday and dedicated the 198th Mississippi Blues Trail marker uh, for Meridian Blues and Jazz in the historical African-American district in Meridian uh, on 5th and 25th Street. So that was great. Mayor came out. We had Alderman. Uh, we had uh, uh, Lindemann came out. I mean, we had a pastor. It just was it was awesome. Well, so much music history in Meridian. We often think of Jimmy Rogers, the father of country music who's from yeah. Meridian, but there really are, like you're talking about today, so many uh, blues and jazz roots there as well. Yes, indeed. I mean, Meridian just has such a great history, and I mean, the things they have going on there are just going to be epic. And tomorrow there will be a, a blues trail marker dedicated to Sid Hemphill in Senatobia, Mississippi. Is that right? So tomorrow, Saturday, I guess it's part of a larger event? Yeah, it's going to be right before and kick off for the uh, Blues and Brews Festival that they have in Senatobia. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, we'll have the Blues Trail mark unveiling, and then the festival will kick off, and it's going to be a great time. Great. Wow. So you've gone from Meridian, you're here in Jackson today, up to Cenotopia tomorrow. So certainly the traveling man. Great state of Mississippi. I love it. Now, uh, Kamel, we, uh, we we won't talk to you again before next week, but next week's a really big uh, celebration for the Mississippi Blues Trail. Uh, yes, indeed. Next week, uh, we will have the 200th Blues Trail Marker to coincide. We need with a the, drum roll. Yeah, I mean, I that's know. a big deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so 200th Marker, uh, 10 years. Uh, we'll, we're rounding the 11th year. And uh, that will be for Rocket 88. That'll be in the town of Lyon at the Lyon Town Hall uh, to recognize the what is known to be the first so- rock and roll song, Rocket 88, which involved uh, Ike Turner and his band. Uh, and then there 
there will be a reception at the Cahoma County Tourism at 5 o'clock. Right, and I, I think I read this morning that Big A is going to play, Big A Sherrod, who's a great uh, Clarksville Bass Blues musician. Yes. So that's cool. Obviously a free show. Folks will want to come out and celebrate marker number 200. And then my man Super Chicken is performing at the reception, so I cannot wait to see him. I love him. Well, that's a great combo, like a, the double punch yep. of uh, of blues acts from Cahoma County. Well, that's awesome. Well, good luck with that. I know it'll be a great uh, celebration. So, again, that's next Thursday. That is next Thursday, uh, uh, November 9th. So we will have lots of uh, wonderful speakers in tow, uh, lots of people from the blues uh, genre and society uh, come out. It's going to be a big Delta party, and it will be a Delta Bicentennial celebration also. Well, I know when the Mississippi Blues Trail began, it really started out with about 100, 120 markers. So the fact that we're reaching 200 <clears throat> markers in our 200th year as a state is really exceptional. So congratulations to you and all the folks who've put so much energy into pushing this uh, body of work forward to reach 200 in year 200. So many people. Blues Commission, Blues Foundation, you, you put a lot of work in. Alex Thomas, uh, I mean, the whole Visit Mississippi team, the commissioners, everybody. Oh, absolutely. It's a great team of folks out there and uh, very good work. I think the best tourism product to come out of Mississippi. So really exciting and uh, a wonderful way to celebrate and kind of kick off the holiday season, which we're here to talk about uh, kind of ringing in the holidays today with our friends from Special Olympics Mississippi. In studio, we have Sam Wells, Marketing and Development Director, and Monica Daniels, Executive Director of Special Olympics Mississippi. Welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Happy to be here. I do want to say before we go any further that I am born and raised in Clarksdale. Oh, Oh boy. I have a super chicken <laughs> guitar. You and do? Yes, my family does. And uh, that should be a fantastic celebration. And uh, I encourage everybody to go to Clarksdale. There's also a marker in Tutwiler, Mississippi, too, where I also used to live. There you go. So the whole Delta, uh, it's a great road trip. So y'all get out, get on the road and go celebrate that marker. It's Isn't awesome. that guitar a piece of art? It's a piece of art. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it sure is. Well, there's one in the lobby here yeah. at MPB that was given as a Governor's Arts Award mm-hmm. one year. And oh, man, I think it's the coolest trophy on the MPB wall. And mm-hmm. there are many trophies on the MPB wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, there's an awards room up there at the front, but it is pretty neat. Yeah, he made one for for my family for Christmas one year. So. Wow. That's so cool. Well, uh, our listeners may recognize the voice of Sam Wells, who used to be here with us on Next Stop Mississippi and several other programs here on MPB. I know. I, I feel like uh, I'm usually in Michelle's chair on the other side of the de- uh, the uh, of the glass. That's so kind of neat to be in here and talking to you, talking to you Mary Margaret, not like in your ear telling you we're about <laughs> right. to get a break, we're about to get a break, but uh, to be in here and, uh, and share this wonderful uh, this wonderful event that we're uh, we've got coming up on November the 16th here in Jackson. Well, that's great. Well, I do want to hear about the event, but let's talk a little bit about Special Olympics Mississippi. Okay. Sure. Uh, Special Olympics Mississippi will be celebrating its 50th year, um, which also coincides with the entire national movement. So we are very fortunate in that when North America celebrates 50 years, Mississippi will be celebrating its 50th year. Um, which came about as a personal visit from Eunice Kennedy Shriver, wow. uh, who started Special Olympics. And she came to Ellisville, Mississippi in 1968. 
68 and personally launched the movement of Special Olympics in Mississippi. So, uh, of course, she and the entire movement are very near and dear to our heart. We currently have over 4,000 Special Olympians in the state of Mississippi. Wow. In Mississippi alone. In Mississippi alone. And we could do more. And that's part of why we're here today to talk about ways to engage volunteers to reach out and hopefully parents or other uh, people out there in the state of Mississippi with intellectual disabilities who can come on board. We have athletes from 2 to 82. There are 75,000 individuals in the state of Mississippi with intellectual disabilities. So when I started off with saying we have over 4,000 athletes, think how many more athletes we could have if we reached everybody. And so uh, through opportunities like this to come and talk to you all, through special events, through local competitions in the Delta, to the coast, uh, to Oxford, uh, which is coming up this weekend, Sam can talk about. We are just constantly trying to let people know that uh, Special Olympics is all about inclusivity. Um, and it's not about what we can do for the, for the athletes, but what we can learn from people who are out to give their personal best every single day. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, Monica, why don't you tell us how you got involved with the Special Olympics? And then, Sam, if you wouldn't mind telling us, sure. you know, your your involvement and how you got involved. Well, I have been in and around uh like I said, I'm born and raised in Mississippi, and uh, I've been in fundraising and nonprofit for about 25 years. Uh, my oldest daughter, while she does not have an intellectual disability, she was born profoundly deaf. Um, she went to uh, a private auditory oral school here in Mississippi that also had a separate educational wing for it for children with language disorders on the autism spectrum, intellectual disabilities. Um, I learned a lot about uh, those students and what they truly are capable of doing. Um, and it has come full circle after 25 years being involved uh, with that. Uh, a year ago, December 1st, I was asked to come join the team as the executive director for Special Olympics Mississippi. I actually walked into last year's gala, looked up and saw five students um, who were my daughter's age when she was five, who were now grown and were athletes. And wow. so talk about a homecoming. It was I, it's where I'm supposed to be. Well, that's wonderful. And yes. Sam, you left our team here at MPB not too long ago. Yeah, not that long ago. Uh, it's actually an organization, Mary Margaret and uh, Kamel, that just kind of spoke to me when I saw that there was an opportunity to move uh, over there and be a part of this. I, I don't know if many people on uh, many people are aware because I don't really tell everybody, but I had a I have a visual impairment, so my vision is not the best. So growing up. All my buddies played baseball, and my mom and dad were like, eh, I don't know about this baseball stuff, because you're not really, like, you kind of can't really see, and it, I would assume it's going to be pretty difficult if you can't see the baseball <laughs> to play baseball. But I was uh, kind of annoying to them, I guess, and bound and determined to do that. And I wasn't very good, but I wanted baseball to show me that I wasn't very good and not someone to tell me that I couldn't do it. And that's kind of how I envision our athletes. I think uh, they just need an opportunity to go out and compete. Yeah. Uh, they they need an opportunity to, to see what they can do. And you never know. I mean, uh, the other night, if anybody was watching Monday Night Football, Jamal Charles is a running back for the Denver Broncos. He was a big-time NFL uh, superstar for five or six seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs. 
he his first ever athletic opportunity came through special olympics as a track and field athlete and wow. he, he learned he was fast <laughs> when mm-hmm. he was able to start and play with special olympics and now look where he is now i mean mm-hmm. he's, he's nearing the end of a, a possible hall of fame career where he was an nfl all pro for five or six seasons with the chiefs so you never know out there uh, you can come to one of our events at, uh, as we said in the in meridian or in oxford tomorrow with our flag football tournament and you might see the next Jamal Charles. You don't know because yeah. some people have not been given the opportunity uh, because of maybe a stereotype or something that they uh, have no control over. So Certainly. It's that story to, gives me chills. Yeah, it's I'm fun to be you. able to tell people about that sort of stuff because you don't really know it. You don't really think about folks in the National Football League as possible participants with Special Olympics, but... Incredible. Now, when I first saw the invitation for this year's gala, it's called Gold, a gala for Special Olympics 2017. Now that I know you're in your 50th year, the gold makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're doing year-long programming. But this is really a special event for you guys. It is a special event for us. It's an annual event, but... Everybody has parties. Everybody throws great parties. We know this. I mean, we're the hospitality state. If you're in the nonprofit and you're throwing a gala, you're doing a great job. What makes us different, I think, is that this is a part of a movement. This gala, get dressed up, come out, have a great time. But it's to meet our athletes. It's almost like to have a walk of champions um, so that they will be there in person, shake their hand, look them in the eye, get to know them. We are celebrating who they are and what they are accomplishing. And we are trying to work towards um, 2018. We have 30 athletes who have qualified to compete in the USA National Games in Seattle. Go Mississippi. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's awesome. And um, we want to get them there. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what support for this gala does. Um, Meet them, support this effort, and just come and and see who they are because they're pretty awesome. Yes, indeed. Now, Monica, uh, Special Olympics in Mississippi is honoring Keesler Air Force Base. Uh, Tell us about the connection there. So for over 30 years, 32 years, Sam, is yeah, that right? Yeah, it'll be the 32nd year in 2018. Yeah, Keesler okay. Air Force Base has opened up their entire base and turned it into Special Olympics City. So our athletes are housed there. Our athletes are given um, paired uh, two to one with uh, volunteers who are brand new uh, students, Uh, coming into the Air Force Base for training. They have an Olympic village. I mean, it is a true Olympic experience, and we could not do that without Keesler Air Force Base, from the colonel all the way down to, you know, people who are serving them meals in the cafeteria. They shut down their entire base for a weekend and give it to our athletes. Oh, that's awesome. And it it makes them a million-dollar donor. I mean, they they do it out of the goodness of their hearts. And so we felt like to honor them was appropriate for the gold. Absolutely. No, that's really great. A yeah. wonderful partnership and, and great work you guys are doing. We really appreciate y'all making time to come in. So please remind our listeners about uh, tomorrow's flag football championship, first of all, and then, of course, the um, the big event later this month and, and where they can go to learn more. Yeah, tomorrow, flag football tournament in Oxford. It's at the Ole Miss Intramural Fields uh, off Jackson Avenue. So we start around at 9. We'll probably be wrapping up around 1 or 2. Uh, so come out there and cheer on our uh, our teams. The team that's actually been chosen to go to Seattle to compete in the flag football U.S 
USA uh, games will be there participating as well. They're the uh, team from Ole Miss who is at a Special Olympics College. And then the event on the 16th, it's at the South here in Jackson. Go to specialolympicsms.org to uh, learn more, to get your tickets. And, hey, a guy that I think uh, some of your listeners might know something about, Bill Ellison will be playing. Uh, will be our <laughs> entertainment over there with him and Temperance and Jeff. Bill and and uh, we'll have a lot of stuff, too, Mary Margaret and Camille, that I learned about by – producing this radio program from Blue Delta Gene Company to uh, yeah. Cathead Vodka to stuff like that that's made in Mississippi. Our athletes are made in Mississippi, so we will have a true Mississippi party for everyone to uh, to come and enjoy. And uh, It should be a special time, November the 16th at the South here in Jackson. That's Excellent. great. It sounds like a wonderful night. Well, we want to thank Sam Wells and Monica Daniels for being in studio. It's time to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll talk with Blue Magnolia Films director Chandler Griffin about the Jackson, Mississippi Bicentennial community photo screening. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with Kamel King. If you're just joining us before the break, we spoke with Sam Wells and Monica Daniels with Special Olympics Mississippi. Their gold gala is coming up on November the 16th. Uh, That's a Thursday here in Jackson. So make sure to check them out. Lots of great things happening there. Uh, We want to welcome to the show our uh, pretty regular guest, Chandler Griffin. He's with Blue Magnolia Films. Welcome, Chandler. Hey, how are you? We're great. We're glad to have you on the show today to talk a little bit about your uh, Mississippi Bicentennial Community Storytellers Project. You've got a big event coming up this Sunday in Jackson, but this is part of really an, a, a three-year project that's really taking shape. Yeah, you know, we have um, spent the last three years looking at what we call bright spots around the state, and so... For the first few years, we were actually making documentaries, and y'all just mentioned Blue Delta Gene Company. That was one of our documentaries, um, along with Sweet Magnolia Ice Cream, or Sweet Magnolia Gelato, um, and Grin Coffee done in Hattiesburg. And this year, what we're doing is instead of making documentaries as a production company, we're actually going to communities and teaching people how to tell their own stories. So we're letting the communities really nominate the participants and the stories that they feel like should be told, and when we look at when we look at how does how is revitalization defined? Now, uh, Chandler, you had a, a great um, bit of exposure this week with a feature in the New York Times blog. So, congratulations on that, first of all. Uh, but yeah, I, 
I think that uh, part of the reason that um, this is really taking um, you know a hold of so many people is uh, this very different angle of telling stories. We often think of uh, people who are trained in documentary field work and in film coming in and and telling a story of a community, but you've really turned that on its head, and you're bringing in people with little to no experience using everyday equipment like an iPhone to tell their own stories. Exactly. We, um, you know, that's, that's really the, the, the backbone of the project is, is, like you said, we don't have, we didn't hire outsiders to come in and do kind of PR videos for communities. We, we, we hired insiders to tell their own stories. And we've, we've had a, you know, we had a 14-year-old in Clarksdale, and a couple of months ago we had a 91-year-old in Tupelo. And that's really the strength of the project is, is that it's really the diversity in terms of age, race, um, economics, everything. Is, everyone is represented. We were last week we were in Choctaw um, on the reservation working with the community, looking at health and wellness uh, stories based around the the, um, the food program that they have going on, Choctaw Fresh Produce. And so it's just a very kind of holistic approach um, when we look at the state and and again, that's that's the strength. You know, the two weeks before that, we were in Mound Bayou, um, really looking at stories around the IT Montgomery House, um, and that was through the Mississippi Heritage Trust. Um, so, and then we go to Laurel, and then we're in Ocean Springs, and then we're in Greenville, and we're in, you know, we're going to be in Oxford in a couple of weeks, and next week we're going to be in Natchez, and right now we're in Jackson, based out of the King Edward, looking at downtown revitalization stories, and we have everyone from the concierge. Uh, Wendell at the King Edward is taking the workshop all the way to Leland Speed and Rita Brent and just this really eclectic, amazing mix of, of Jacksonians who are working on revitalization. Chance to uh, meet David uh, with your organization, and he did a presentation and and, and really laid out the entire uh, thing that you guys are doing, and it is, I mean, absolutely epic. Uh, anybody who gets a chance to experience uh, walking through the storefronts and seeing the community photos and the storytellers and then using your iPhone to go to the video and get the background, I think are going to be absolutely blown away. Yeah, and it's really, it's a, um, it's a, it's a first time. You know, we've been putting up the five-foot images um, in all the towns. So, you know, when you go to Ocean Springs or Laurel or Hattiesburg or Tupelo or all these towns, they all have their own uh, five-foot images, um, and that allows the community and people who are visiting those communities to interact with stories. Uh, and Port Gibson, they've got a story about their car show that really helps tell the story of the car, car show through a personal lens. They've also got a story on Prospect Hill and the Schaefer House and all their community assets that they really wanted to honor. And so for Jackson, on December 9th, we're going to be printing – 200 of these photos that really looks at kind of the whole state and and the regions and 200 of those basically 100 storytellers each having uh, two images and we're closing down capitol street and it'll be from the king edward all the way up around really ending at portico the new portico office which is right across the street from where the two new museums will will open and so and it's really never been done. It's 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 a thousand feet of photos, and it's about a mile in terms of distance. And it is. It's it's very much. Um, it's kind of an epic 
it's it's unheard of that you would you would put up this many photos in a downtown and you would actually be able to get access to all these buildings and you know david lewis has been going around meeting with all the buildings and everyone's just excited and they want to participate and they're saying yes great what can we do how can we help so it's um it's going to be um you know it's going to be amazing when you have you know 300 people every 30 minutes cycling out of the new museums and and they can walk out and go to another museum that's right down the street well, I love that you that you phrase it like that, Chandler, because I think that really is so important. It really is an extension of the storytelling that people will experience in the two museums that day. And what a cool way to do it, literally walking uh, up and down Capitol Street, uh, the, what you're calling the Mississippi Mile. Great name. Love that. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, in addition to Mississippi Mile, which will take place on December 9th, that day that we open the two museums in Jackson and have a lot of celebrations taking place around the city, you have a a screening coming up this Sunday here in Jackson as well. Yeah, so on Sunday at 6 p.m. at the King Edward on the second floor uh, in the big banquet room, um, uh, we're going to screen nine stories from from Jackson, and that's... um, Every you know, we have Miranda Joyner, we have Rita Brent, we have Matthew McLaughlin is is telling the story. Um, we're doing a story. Um, Sarah Black, who works at the um, Iron Horse, is doing a story on Chef uh, Pierre. Um, Alfredine Harrison is uh, doing a story, a Fair Street story, looking um, uh, at the uh, at, at the Scott House, which has just been nominated on the the ten most endangered list. Um, uh, Leland Speed is doing a story on downtown and his connection. We have Wendell Eubanks, who's the concierge, who's doing a story on why the King Edward is important to him. And Kirk Williams, who is in urban development and as an artist is doing a really, really personal story on, uh, on, on downtown and what it means to him. So these are, these are really, really special stories. And we want everyone to come out. We usually have, you know, 100, 150 people at our screenings and, it's a real opportunity to not just watch videos, but watch watch these stories that really connect you to place and make you feel good about Mississippi and Jackson and um, and what we're doing and and how really just amazing and resilient the state is. So we we invite everyone to come out and join us. Well, and and again, these are not the PR uh, spin of Mississippi. These are real personal yeah, stories. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, an incredible experience to be there in person. We hope people will come out this Sunday at six at the King Edward. But if you can't, Chandler, you offer access to these uh, videos oh, yeah. and these stories um, online. So tell our listeners where to go to find uh, and and experience some of the stories you've already been telling this year. You know, you can get our Vimeo page, and it's just the blue. It's just Blue Magnolia Films. The easiest thing to do is go to Facebook and visit us at Blue Magnolia Films, and we've got 70 videos from all over the state up right now. And in another couple of days, we'll have another nine from Jackson. And you can also read the New York Times article that just came out yesterday, which really profiles the the project and gives a, an overview. And also, what's amazing about the New York Times article is that. All these photographers who are community members are published now as New York Times, you know, on the, in the New York Times, which is really unheard of that you would have um, 27 photos they curated for the article, which is mm. baffling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's wonderful. 
<laughs> Wonderful. Well, congratulations to you and yeah, to thanks. the storytellers from throughout Mississippi who yes. have put this project together. It's moving. I've seen a lot of them myself and encourage folks to spend the day watching Blue Magnolia films. They're yes, just indeed. about three minutes long. Yeah. Um, they're all, you know, very, very short, but very impactful. Really worth it. Well, thank you, Chandler. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll speak with Cynthia Sutton. She's with the Peter Anderson Arts and Crafts Festival in Ocean Springs. This is Next Stop Mississippi, and we'll be right back after the break. You're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined by Kamel King. If you're just tuning in, before the break, we spoke with Chandler Griffin of Blue Magnolia Films. They are hosting film workshops throughout the state and also uh, upcoming in December, hosting the Mississippi Mile. This is 200 photos, 100 storytellers up and down Capitol Street in Jackson, something you surely want to check out when you're here for the grand opening of the two Mississippi museums. Now we're headed to the Gulf Coast to speak with our friend Cynthia Sutton. She's the executive director of the Ocean Springs Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Cynthia. Hey there. Glad to be here. Well, we are so happy to have you here. You're a busy woman, especially right now during the Peter Anderson Festival. Tell us about what's happening this weekend. Uh, Yes, very true. It is busy. We are currently putting on the final touches for this year's Peter Anderson Arts and Crafts Festival. It's in its 39th year, presented by Blue Moon. We're going to have nearly 500 artists, crafters, and food vendors from all over the nation here this weekend. Now, Cynthia, for all of our listeners who don't know who Peter Anderson is, why don't you tell uh, them about him? Yes, okay. Peter Anderson is one of the three Anderson brothers um, that are known here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Peter Anderson actually started Shearwater Pottery in the early 1920s. And their mom, most people know Walter Anderson. So this is one of the brothers of Walter Anderson. And Walter, James, uh, McConnell, and Peter Anderson are three brothers that actually inspire the arts community here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And I say inspired the economic development growth because they started an artist colony. Artists came in, and then, you know, the rest we can say is history. But that Peter Anderson started Shearwater Pottery. So since we started as an art show, we, um, we, we um, uh, put this festival on in his honor as Master Potter here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Well, and Peter Anderson as a master potter is really, I think, at the core of what you do with this festival. You've got 500 artists, but I think it's important to note that this is a juried art show. This is a fine arts festival. So uh, not your uh, sort of run-of-the-mill flea market. You're bringing in uh, fine craftsmen from all around. Exactly, yes. It is a very, um, I wouldn't say a hard show to get into, but it's a really neat show. As you said, it's a jury fine art show. So we take applications in May. 
from all over the United States, and we use a software program called Zap, and that reaches 70,000 artists nationwide. Wow. And they only have until August 1 to submit, and our, uh, we have a panel of judges that are part that turn it into the juried art show and select all those folks. Now, Cynthia, you mentioned before that uh, creativity and the arts has really been an economic driver in Ocean Springs. I think when people think about our Gulf Coast, and particularly Ocean Springs, they think about uh, the arts being central to life there. But 500 artists coming into your community, how does, I mean, how does one yeah. really handle that in terms <laughs> of infrastructure? Um, but what does that mean? What does this weekend mean to you guys uh, from, a, from a, you know, kind of uh, economic standpoint? Yes, I mean, it's, the Peter Anderson Arts and Crafts Festival is a huge economic impact for Ocean Springs and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We get, last year we had an economic impact study done by Mississippi State University, and they documented 151,000 people that come into town, wow. and it brings in a $24 million impact. One of the neat things, because we in Ocean Springs, we have small businesses. That's our main um, uh, form of business here in Ocean Springs. And festivals like this actually help them sustain throughout the year. And it's really neat to see um, this has been happening for years, including this year. We actually have a couple new businesses that are literally trying to open this weekend to get a piece of that um, uh, that impact. Well, and you guys do a great job of encouraging folks not only to visit the artists who are set up in booths all throughout your downtown, but to go into the local restaurants, to go into the local shops and experience these great um, entrepreneurs and, and their their businesses. So really an exciting exactly. weekend and lots going on outside of just the art. I know food and music is also a big focus of the weekend. It is. We actually have, the festival is actually presented by Blue Moon. So we have some fun things that we do. Our local restaurants actually get involved, and we have a Bloomin' Art Project um, that we put on. And the winner of the art project, they actually get to showcase their work on Festival Cups. And every single one of our local restaurants during this time have all those Festival Cups. So anytime you're going to get you order a Blue Moon, you're going to get it one of those Festival Cups. And then in the food court, we actually have a voting area where the, the attendees to the festival can actually pick their favorite Blue Moon artwork from artists around Mississippi. I love that. Mm-hmm. So so democratic. Now, <laughs> Cynthia, uh, tell folks where to go to learn more. I'm sure a lot of people are uh, excited about coming out this weekend. Um, but tell us where to go to get more information um, for this weekend's event. Most definitely. Okay, go to our website at peterandersonfestival.com, and we have actually updated the website. It is very new, user-friendly, so you can find everything from actually the festival guide on there, the list of the vendors, who the musical acts are going to be, where the park and ride is. So go to our website, peterandersonfestival.com. You'll find all the details there. And one thing we're really, really encouraging, because with that many people in town, it's really hard to find a place to park. So we have a really fun contest that we're doing with our park and ride. If you use our park and ride, we're going to be on the buses all weekend giving away prizes. That oh, is man. wonderful. <laughs> the incentive. That's great. Well, big, exactly. big thanks to Cynthia Sutton for joining us this morning with the 39th annual Peter Anderson Arts Festival. Uh, it's time for another break, but when we return in studio, we'll have Heart Society, the husband-wife musical duo. Stick around. You're not going to want to miss what's coming up next here on Next Stop Mississippi.
home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with Mississippi Today, joined by Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. Well, it's everyone's favorite time in the hour, and that's our musical segment. We are so pleased to have in studio with us today husband and wife duo Heart Society, we want to welcome hey. Benjamin Eichelberger and Alicia Tania Sanders Eichelberger. Hi. Wonderful to have you guys in studio. We had you in here not too long ago, but we just didn't get to talk to you enough. So we're really ah. glad to have you back. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. We're excited to be back. Thank you for having us. Now, when we had you on the show, I believe it was back in July or August, we talked a lot about uh, the Hattiesburg Music Festival that was going on that you guys took a part of. Mm -hmm. Uh, But since then, I believe you guys have had um, a change in your group name. Yes. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. A long time you've been known as Tania, but now we're we're going by Heart Society. And it really, it's a great name. It rings. But tell us about that decision. Yeah, I think the change just came organically for us. We really needed a a band name. Everybody calls us Ben and Tania, Ben and Tania, and the band was named Tania, which was a little confusing. But the more we were on the road, the more we really wanted a name that reflected our mission and what we believe is our calling. So Heart Society was perfect because we wanted to put the mission up front and we wanted to kind of take the backseat of it just being about us and more about love and equality. Yeah, yeah. We've got a, you know, our, our mission for a long time has been to spread love and equality with our music. And we talk about it a lot at our shows. You know, we, we mention it in the lyrics of our songs. It's kind of a theme that pervades all of the things that we do. So Heart Society just felt like a real a real good fit. You mm-hmm. know, bring more heart to society, live your life with more heart, that kind of thing. Well, it's beautiful. Yeah. And you yeah. you uh, say in your mission statement, which I have a copy of. Ah, I, I love you. this. Oh, wow. as, as, a, as a former Mississippi Arts Commission uh, worker, statement. I'm all about the artist statement. <laughs> So this is great. Uh, but what, what our listeners can't see is that you are an interracial couple, and you're very upfront about that in your mission statement, that at one time your love, your relationship would not have been uh, allowed or approved of, but here yeah. you are really upfront and center about what this means to you and your music. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's our, our big mission is equality. So how do we talk about that? Because 50 years ago, Ben and I wouldn't have been able to get married. It's really a big deal for us to talk about that with other couples that maybe don't have the same rights. And so we really want to put that to the forefront of how passionate we are about it. Yeah. And being, you know, kind of in the socio-political climate of, of today's world, thinking about in the context of history, what side of history you want to be on in terms of yeah. the issues and how you respond to those things, looking back at the past and how how some some of those really ugly human behaviors were justified and trying to look at our current climate and say, how can we how can we show up in a different way for issues that are current today? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big part of what we do also. Well, in addition to you guys having, of course, you know, very conscious lyrics and very thought out lyrics. I mean, I don't think the listeners have any idea what type of powerhouse you guys are. Oh, I mean, thanks. as writers, as performers, the two of you together fill a room and, and I mean, bring so much sound between two people. It's amazing. So how about a little clip of well, I thought we were about to get a little clip of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why don't you, y'all tell us what's the name of this song? Yeah, this song is called Call Somebody, and it's about looking for a savior in all these different people, but you have to find the savior within yourself. Call somebody. Well, I was looking for lifeguard, baby, but you didn't swim. I was looking for a teacher, honey, but you didn't teach it anymore. I was looking for love. Baby, but you had no heart. I was looking for a savior on my way. So I called the operator, called the mailman, called the deacon, they'll pray for me there. Call my sister, she's my best friend. Just call somebody. Wow. Wow. I just want to roll the windows down and take a ride. You know, right? <laughs> Camille, you're going to have to take the mic. i got tears in my eyes. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. They, are, they really are awesome. Tell us about you guys. How do you write and how do you even arrange these songs? Yeah, that's a good question. So the difference between any other record we've ever done, this one we sat down and we we're like, every day we're going to write. We knew we were just yeah. going to write, start from scratch for this album and call somebody, which most people would think started for me it actually started from a bass line that ben was playing wow. and, and i was in the kitchen i'm like what is that we have to say that <laughs> mm-hmm. and and i really I forgot about that yeah and i really <laughs> wanted to tell the story of like how we you know, look for a savior we look for a savior politically we look for a savior you know and mm-hmm. uh, relationships and this this person the theme of it is a person that's going to all these people hoping they will save them and i really wanted to just kind of talk about that um the whole album is about female empowerment and that's a hard thing yeah. for women because women, sometimes we have that issue of wanting to save or looking for a savior. And so I want to call somebody to be this, the story of a lady searching. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess in a broader sense, the, the, the whole record also was, um, from more of a technical standpoint, was us coming together as a couple in writing mm-hmm. instead of in the past, a lot of times... Tania would come up with a chord progression or a lyric or something, and she would bring me a song idea, and then I would just kind of maybe put a bass line under it, and we we would go from there. But um, this this time around was more of sitting down and just bouncing ideas off of each other and, and really getting to put both of our voices in there. Yeah, I've been a guitar player for a long time, but I've always played bass with her, so I got to do a lot more guitar work on this album, mm-hmm. which helped me kind of... I'm not a singer, so that so the guitar is more of my voice, <laughs> so to speak. I'm doing air quotes right now, but uh, yeah, that's more of my voice. So I got to put more of my voice and both of us together on yeah. this album. Well, on Call Somebody, it does have such a rich sound, such a big sound. So let's talk a little bit about the instruments you're playing. Uh, Benjamin, you really are, you know, holding it down with that bass. I've seen you guys perform; <laughs> yeah. it's uh, pretty yeah. exciting. But there are some other elements you bring into that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think the big thing, so uh, Rita Brent, uh, Rita B is on drums for our whole entire album. She's oh, that's great. such an incredible drummer and musician, so it was so fun working with her. And then we bought, brought in uh, Marcus Singleton. He did uh, the... He played B3 and Wurlitzer oh, cool. on, that, yeah. on that particular song. It was really cool. Yeah, he does the Mississippi Mass Choir and plays with a few other yeah. people as well. We had Judson Wright on Rhodes Piano. He mm-hmm. came in and do that. Rufus Mapp on oh, percussion man, he, Rufus. he played Rufus some congas and, and uh and some cowbell and all kinds of 
fun stuff. We had a fun day in the studio watching him do his yeah. thing. Um, and then I played uh, bass, and I got to play some electric guitar on mm-hmm. this album. And, and I played electric on the whole entire album as well. So yeah. Where did you do most of the recording? We did all of the recording at Malico here okay. in Jackson. Yeah. So the one of the things that we're proud of is that this entire record you know, from the recording, the musicians, where all the songwriting happened, everything was done here in Mississippi yeah. and, and here in Jackson. So. Well, we've talked a lot about this record, but I'm not sure I've heard you say the name. Ah, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. yeah. Sorry. The name of the album is called Wake the Queens. Oh, well, that fits Man. in well with the women's empowerment. <laughs> powerful. Yeah. 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 We even had a local artist, Adrian Dominic, do a painting. Uh, if you go to Cups and Fondren, you can see a lot of her work on the walls there. And we commissioned her to do a painting that is really powerful. It has three profile views of women's faces done in, in colors. And uh, it, it just fits the vibe of the yeah, album perfectly. It is, it's perfect. It's going to be the cover art yep, for, the, very cool. for the new record. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's hear a little more off that new record. Uh, we've got a song coming up called Rocket. Do you yeah. want to yeah. tell us a bit about this? Yeah. Yeah. So Rocket is, uh, there's a statement from Jim Rohn that said, you are the five people you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing for me is to talk about, like, who are you around and who is inspiring you? And just to know, as women, we are beautiful and we're a rocket and we're powerful. So that's what the song is about. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. You were just Ooh, listening to Rocket by Heart Society. That is funky. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Did you sing that all by yourself or who sang background? I, I did all the background vocals as nice. well. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I think that we're getting a real special preview today of Wake the Queens. I know the album yeah. had great success through the, an Indiegogo campaign, a lot of support yeah. behind the making of this album. Has it been released? It has not. So we're going to release it in January of next year. Wow. And uh, we are finished recording and tracking everything. And uh, we did our crowdfunding campaign, and we just finished that on Monday, and we raised over $25,000. Wow. Um, in yeah. 30 What days. a testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the cool thing is we're giving 10% to equality now, which fights for uh, justice for women and girls worldwide. So we really wanted to tie our fundraiser to a mission, which is really important to us. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've obviously put a lot of time into the uh, writing of this album, into the preparation, into the recording. Um, Has that taken you off the road? Have you been settled here in Jackson, or are you still traveling and performing? Yeah, so this last year, 
we I would say we definitely performed less than we did the year previous, and we were here in Jackson for for a lot more of the time just so that we could record the album. That was our biggest focus this year. Um, we wanted to make sure that we got our rebranding right because we we changed our name, as you said. Um, so we wanted to make sure we had plenty of time to really kind of sit, think, make sure that we we did those things the right way, recorded the album the right way, really made it world class. And and that takes time. It takes even a lot more time than I even realized. You know, we started on this in February, February. Yeah. and, mm. you know, now it's November and we're just at the tail end of the production process. So. Coinciding with you guys' message of love and equality, you will be adding an accolade with the opening of the two museums and the Bicentennial yes. and performing there. Yes. Uh, so yes. tell our listeners about that and how epic that is going to be for you guys. Yeah, we're really, really stoked about it. So it's December the 9th. December 9th. We'll play the opening of the Civil Rights Museum, right, yeah. in conjunction with the Bicentennial. And that's a big deal for us. And we're, we were so blessed to be called to ask, ask to do that. So yeah. it's, it's just a big deal for us. And we feel that we'll get to spread our message even more. Yeah, it's such a perfect fit for, you know, everything we've been talking about with our mission, with, the, you know, how we want to show up and, and create a different social climate. And um, to be asked to do that, like Tania said, totally, totally a huge honor for us. Well, I follow you guys on social media, particularly Facebook. It's a great way to keep up with everything that's going on. Some wonderful music videos are on your Facebook page. And we're talking about um, you guys as artists, which is a serious thing, but you also have a great sense of humor. There are a lot of really <laughs> fun and uh, you know quirky videos on your Facebook page. So I want to encourage people to get to know you a little bit better, get to know your music better, yeah. and, um, and keep up with you guys. What is next for Heart Society? Um, so uh, in September, we were picked to play Kayamo, which is the 11th edition, and that will put us on stage. It's a cruise ship. It's like a music festival on a cruise ship. Oh, so cool. We'll, we'll get to play with John Prine, Patty Griffin, uh, Leanne Womack. Oh, put me in your bag. Sean Mullins, Brandy Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle. I mean, some, some legendary singer-songwriters in our field. So we're really, really stoked about that. We were picked out of about 300 artists. So we'll head that way, and we'll we'll do that this uh, next February. Yeah, that sails out of New Orleans on February fourth. So that's our next big thing, and then after that, we're really hoping to hit the road and and do some touring. Um, you know, we're we're trying our best to network with booking agencies and record labels. You know, shout out to Fat Possum in Oxford. <laughs> we're, right. We'd love to have a meeting with them. So. <laughs> well, maybe this will do the trick. There yeah. you go. <laughs> That possible. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being in the studio. We have Heart Society with us. Uh, Tania and Ben, uh, thank you guys. We're excited about Wake the Queens and have enjoyed this music today. We're going to go out today with a song called Reference. Okay, yes, cool. Absolutely. So another another one of your tunes, but appreciate you being here. Uh, tell folks where to go to find more about you online. Yeah. HeartSocietyMusic.com is our website. You can also find us on Facebook under Heart Society Music and Instagram Heart Society Music as well. Twitter, Heart Society. We are Heart Society. We, the letter R, Heart, Heart Society. Society. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Well, again, thank you so much. And we want to thank everyone, all of our listeners, for traveling with us today and for all the great guests we've had on the show. Uh, for Kamel King, I'm Mary Margaret Miller. Southern Remedy for Women is up next, but we hope you'll join us next week for another great trip on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio. See like all there is Holding on to new spread lies I leave the street
Yeah.